Let's deep dive. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Deep Dive. I am your host, Erin. Wow. Episode 7. Thank you all so much for being here. I have had many people message me and let me know what they have liked or disliked about how this is going. And I just want to thank you all for the feedback as I continue on with this podcast. It helps me be better than the last podcast. Our next episode was submitted and I fell down the rabbit hole. So let's get into this week's episode, The Disappearance. Of Kyle Fleshman. Kyle was born on September 24, 1983, to Dick and Barbara. Kyle was the oldest of three children. The family had moved to Charlotte, North Carolina in the year 2000 for his father's job at Fidelity Investments. By all accounts, Kyle was a friendly and caring person who easily made friends. Barbara was diagnosed with breast cancer, and Kyle promised her that they would beat it together. On November 8, 2007, Kyle, along with his mother and his sister, Noelle, met up at Daniel's house, Kyle's best friend. The four of them took a cab to go to a Dane Cook comedy show to help Barbara laugh and have a good time after getting her cancer diagnosis. They knew they would all have a few drinks and did not want to drive. After the show ended, Barbara was ready to go home, so she and Noelle took a cab back, while Kyle and Daniel went to a popular bar, the Buckhead Saloon, in downtown Charlotte. Kyle and Daniel had a few drinks, but Daniel decided it was time to go home and get some sleep because he had work in the morning. So at 1 a.m., he closed out his tab. He saw that Kyle was talking with a girl. Daniel approached them and asked Kyle what his plan was. Kyle said he was going to stay for a while with some new friends he met at the bar and wanted to hang out a while longer. Daniel would later tell police that he felt Kyle was not intoxicated when he left at 1 a.m. Daniel felt that Kyle was just having a good time and that he would be fine. Video surveillance shows Kyle getting into a verbal altercation with two men later that night. It seems Kyle was dancing with one of the guy's girlfriends. The altercation ended as quickly as it started. Kyle is then shown leaving the bar at 2.20 a.m. for getting his coat and his debit card. Kyle is then seen on surveillance talking with the same girl he was inside the Buckhead Saloon, and they walked across College Street together. Police believe at this point Kyle was very intoxicated. Shortly after this, they find Kyle walking alone towards Fuel Pizza. Kyle walked in and ordered two slices of pizza with everything on them. Kyle pulls out cash to pay for this. The cashier at Fuel Pizza would later tell police he did remember Kyle and that he appeared to be drunk when he came in. After Kyle is seen leaving Fuel Pizza, the police can't pick him up on camera again. But by his phone records, they can see he began making phone calls, eight in total. The first call was at 
2.42 a.m. He had tried calling his father's business phone, which the family found odd. They state that Kyle would have known that number is off during that time frame, but he ended up calling it three times. He would also call his roommate, his sister, and Daniel, though none of them had answered their phone, and Kyle did not leave a voicemail on anyone's phone. His last call was shortly after 4 a.m. Police believe at this time his phone had died. A local cab driver told a private investigator hired by Kyle's parents that he saw a man who looked like Kyle wandering around North Davidson Street at about 3.25 a.m. He stated that he remembered him because it was about 30 degrees outside and he found it odd that a man would be walking around while it was that cold and did not have a coat on. The cab driver stated that Kyle seemed disoriented, but he did not stop and talk to Kyle. Phone records show Kyle was using his phone on the street at about that same time the cab driver believed he saw him walking. His phone last pinged at the entrance of Cordelia Park. The park is known for its heavy drug and gang activity. The park is roughly two miles away from the Buckhead Saloon that Kyle had previously been at. The morning of November 9th, Daniel woke up and saw Kyle's car was still in his driveway. He felt something wasn't right. He grabbed his phone to call Kyle and saw that he had a missed call from Kyle. He tried to call back, but the phone went straight to voicemail. Daniel began to worry and called Kyle's mother, Barbara and Kyle's roommate to see if they had heard or seen from Kyle. At this time, they called police and filed a missing persons report. Daniel decided that he would use social media to gather more people to help find Daniel. So he started a Facebook group called Help Find Kyle Fleshman. The Charlotte community got together with hundreds of people meeting up to start searching for Kyle. Police were investigating, and Kyle's parents decided to hire their own private investigators. Police called in two cadaver dogs to help with the search. The dogs had been given Kyle's scent from the jacket he was wearing and left at the bar. The dogs took their handlers down to Fuel Pizza and made a loop around it on the sidewalk. The dogs then continued down North Davidson Street. They called it quits once the dogs reached the park. They felt it was too dangerous for the dogs and their handlers at this time. The following morning, the handlers took the dogs back to the park. The dogs then tracked Kyle's scent past the park and into a construction area, which was about 200 yards away. The handler claims when they approached the construction site, she could smell death. She took her dog all over the site to try and track down the source of the smell, but was unsuccessful. Both dogs took the same path at the construction site. The police ended up bringing in more dogs to help with the area, but they did not find anything. One of the dog handlers stated that there was a homeless man on North Davidson Street who stopped her. The homeless man reported to her that he saw gang members in the park kill Kyle that night, but he was unsure what happened to the body afterwards. In 2009, a federal judge ordered a search warrant of the construction site. The area was searched, 
but the judge sealed off the documents to the public. It is not known if they had found anything. However, it was noted that the ATF was involved in the case. They are usually only involved in a case if it has to do with drug, gang, or gun violence. This November will make 16 years that Kyle has been missing. His parents are convinced that Kyle is buried under the apartment complex that was under construction at the time he was missing. They believe he was a victim of a robbery that went wrong, and they took his life and dumped his body. His parents' hope now is to find his body and give him a proper burial. There is a $50,000 reward for any information that leads to finding Kyle or breaking the case. You can call Crime Stoppers at 704-334-1600 if you have any information. We hope that one day Kyle is found and his parents can put him to rest. As always, thank you for being here with me today. Until next time, bye. Let's deep dive. Thank you.